Uh, hey guys, this is Brandon coming at you live on my new podcast, CarCast. Uh, this is our very first episode. Uh, it is 11 2020 uh, It is 3.21 p.m. And um, I'm sitting right here next to my wife. She knows fuck all about cars, and I'm going to teach her about cars. Just kidding. She kind of knows about cars, but very know a little. Very little. Mm-hmm. But... Um, compared to the average person, I guess she's she knows more. Um, so yeah, th- th- today we're going to talk about um, cars. Um, what should we talk about? This is your podcast. You just said we're going to talk about cars. Well, I don't know. This is a <laughs> <laughs> this is the first episode. I know. So what? Uh, maybe do you want to do you want to talk about how you first got into cars? You want to tell the story? Um, it's kind of hard to think of when I first got into cars. Oh, come on. Here. So what's your earliest memory of liking a car or liking cars? I guess, uh, I guess, um, really just ever since I was little, I've always loved like Hot Wheels Mm -hmm. and I've always been around cars and my mom would always say that I, um, that I fell asleep like holding on to like hot wheels and stuff so it's it wasn't something that i was consciously like looking for i guess like ever since i laid eyes upon like little metal things with wheels i kind of just loved it and it grew into liking uh giant things with wheels (laughs) specifically cars that we drive every day um yeah i just kind of built my life around that and then, like, when, so when did you get your first car? My first, like, real car? <laughs> yeah. Um, when I was, I think I was 16 and when I got my license. With, did you buy it with your own money? No, my parents bought it for me. Okay, so what was your first car? Tell yeah, us about my, your first my car. first car was a clapped out 1985 BMW uh, 735i. And that thing was freaking beat. What color like, was it? it well, it, originally it was, I believe it was black, but at some point it was repainted silver in the most horrible fashion. It looked like somebody rolled on the paint with a like a roller. <laughs> like a they paint used. roller? Yes, for like <laughs> for doing like houses walls or something. Yes, for houses. <laughs> and um, wait, really? So like the paint on the car looked like it looked like, like shit. Textured. Well, not necessarily textured, but it just looked like shit in general. Oh, like, okay. like you look at a car and it's like nice and smooth and glossy. And this didn't look anything like that. It honestly looked not like it was rolled on with a roller. Sad. But anyways, um, yeah, there was a bunch of like overlapping paint on places where paint should be in it. It was, yeah, I got it for a thousand dollars if that said anything. Mm, so nice. Back in but 2000. This was back in 2000. Uh, let me think. I think this was 2010. Oh, nice. So 10 years ago. Yeah, wow. 10 <gasps> years ago. Well, I have a picture of the day I bought it on Facebook. So let's Aww, see. I'm going to pull up my Facebook account right now if it'll let me. Okay, so, so we just pulled up Brandon's Facebook account on my phone, and he's going to find the photo of the day that he got his first car. So th- this is it. Okay. That was my very first Aww. car. Oh, okay. So yeah. Oh, it doesn't look that bad. Well, I, think I mean, you, were a you little... compare it to my my buddy's seven series, and there's you know a clear difference. Okay, you got a view full size so that we can like. 
Oh, I don't. Your rotate is always off. But yeah, you see how it's nice and glossy, and then mine is like Okay, not. it is a little more matte. Yeah. But I don't think it looks that bad. It really, at first glance, it isn't bad. It's mm-hmm. that kind of thing where you got to look at it from like 40 feet away. <laughs> but as you get close, it looks like shit. But let's see here. Where's the picture? Um, that's when I brought it to Utah. So did you really like that car? Did, did it um, really... I really did. I Unfortunately, I didn't have the skills to to make it past emissions when I brought it to Utah. And um, I ended up selling it. And then the person who bought it uh, totaled it. <gasps> uh, I don't know how many months later. but Oh, it, my God. Yeah. How did uh, you find out that they totaled it? Because I, I was uh, in the local Facebook BMW page. Oh. And then I saw some guy had wrecked his 7 Series, and I was like, oh, let me check that out. It was my old 7 Series. Oh, so. that is so sad. And I recognized because it had this little um, dent. Uh-huh. I could just show you a right now. A little birthmark. It has a little dent right below the uh, trunk lid beneath, or next to, between the two headlights, uh-huh. or taillights, I mean. Let's see if I can find a picture of it. Oh, my God, that's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... You gave up your baby for adoption. Yeah, you see this, this little than... dent. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's pretty, yeah. That's pretty identifiable. It is. And that's how I identified that oh, it was my car. Same exact Okay, dent. so rest in peace, BMW, whatever series. Yeah. I series. What, yeah, what did well, you it was say? a 7 series. Oh, 7 series. Okay, rest yeah. in peace. What was your second car? My second car was uh, after I sold my BMW, and this was in Utah. My second car was a uh, 1995 or 1994 Nissan Pathfinder. And that was a very fun car. But my biggest gripe with it was that it it had a V6, a 3-liter V6, which theoretically should make a decent amount of power. It didn't. It made as much power as a four-cylinder Honda Civic of the same era. And it got terrible, terrible, terrible fuel mileage. I think it was like 18, 13 to 18 miles per gallon. But it was really capable off-road. I took it off-road quite a few times. Yeah. And it was a fun car. That's where uh, that, that that car got me on my um, my first, second job where I was doing um, delivery of uh, medication, which that job was horrible. I quit literally after like two or three weeks because um, – <laughs> I was actually getting way underpaid for the mileage I was being traveled. And I didn't realize until like a few years later when I looked into it. But um, yeah, I, I sold that car. And then what else did I buy after? I have a whole list of cars. I have the list of cars that I bought. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe. So how long did you have your Pathfinder for? I think I had my Pathfinder less than, for less than a year. Oh, I've sad. had, if we're counting the Outback that we have now, I think I've had 12 cars. So I've, I've had quite a few. Um, God damn it. I didn't change my password on. I didn't update my password <laughs> on iCloud either. Brandon can't get into any of his accounts right because now. Because <laughs> my phone is in the car and I'd have to go and grab my phone. But anyways, whatever. Um, so I, if I remember correctly... <laughs> My third car was my uh, white Honda Civic sedan. And that, to this day, I regret selling that car. Every time I think about it, I think about how I regret selling that car because I worked on that car so much. 
and I refreshed so much of the powertrain. Like I did a whole uh, uh, ignition uh, refresh. Uh, I totally redid the cooling system. Uh, I replaced the transmission. I did got like got all new tires for it. I got all new uh, steel wheels for it. And it, when I had bought it, it looked like crap. How much did you get it for? I got it. I believe I got it for like three or five hundred, and it's because <gasps> the really it, it was because the manual transmission was mm. absolutely shot. Oh, okay, it, and that was also the car that I learned to drive manual on. Okay, so it was like a true project car. It, it truly was. Well, it wasn't even a project car for that long because the only thing that was truly wrong with it was just the transmission, mm. and uh, I literally replaced that for like less than five hundred dollars, like a oh, week wow. or so later. So it, in a week, I turned the, you know, a three hundred dollar car into a running car, hmm. and then after that, I just kept on uh, building up on it and replacing parts. And it looked like one of those like ratty little Hondas that you see on the street that like sound like shit. <laughs> but I turned it into I I try to get it to as close as like factory fresh as possible. So I got like all Honda OEM parts, like Honda OEM steel wheels, wheel covers. Uh, the body panel parts I'd replaced the trunk lid and yeah I really I really redid that car a lot how much do you think you uh how much money did you put into it well I think the I think I uh and the, I think I think I put less than like a thousand dollars into it really which is really funny because because um parts for that car are so readily available and so cheap that like it's just so easy to make a running reliable car out of it the only other big issue was when i sold it is that it had an oil leak from the rear main seal which uh, is really pain in the ass part to replace and i should have done it when i pulled the transmission but um at the time it wasn't leaking but yeah so how long did you have your honda um, again, I had that Honda for a few months. What? And then you sold it? And Well, maybe it was longer than a few months. <laughs> but yeah, I ended up selling that one. And it's because my mom had bought a 1994 BMW 325i convertible, a red one. And I ended up selling my, my Honda and buying that car. Oh. Okay. And then, um, <clears throat> let me think. So no, we. And how much did you sell your Honda for? I believe I sold it for something like seventeen hundred or oh, something. Oh, like good job! So I, 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 almost two grand. Think I broke even on that, nice. but I forget. So, so now, so we're at BMW. We, we got the Nissan and then the Honda, and then after the Honda was my mom's three series, and that car was really great. It really had nothing wrong with it. Um, the only thing that I could think of that was an issue was like the belt would squeak if you stepped on the gas because it, I think it was just worn out or maybe there was a bad pulley or something. But yeah, no, it was a really good car. It was kind of slow because it was so heavy. Right. Um, and then I, I ended up selling that one. Again, I think I kept that car for like maybe a year or so. And I ended up selling that one and I uh, bought... What did I buy? Hmm. What did I buy? A um, red BMW? No. No, no. Um. I bought... Your Outback? I believe it was the Outback. 
I think it was the Outback. Yeah, it had to have been because when you had your white Honda, were you in Slick? Yeah, I was. And then you yeah, had, it and was. And then you had your Outback. It was the Outback. Yeah, so okay. I I sold the Beamer for like two two thousand, I think. Nice. And then I bought the uh, nineteen ninety eight Subaru Outback, and that was my first Subaru. Um, I went in kind of sight unseen. I didn't do too much research into Subarus or the engine it had. Um, I bought it from, where did I buy it from? Um, Gosh, so long ago. I think I bought it from some random, like, Mexican dad looking guy. Um, (laughs) And I got it for like 1200, I think. It had it, it. The price was appropriate at the time for an outback of its age, but um, it was a really good car. It was a 30th anniversary edition with a special black and blue mica paint, um, leather interior, heated seats, uh, which heated really slowly, so they're kind of whatever, <laughs> uh, and uh, the, the fake wood trim. You remember? Yeah. It was a really good car. We took it on a lot of adventures. And then eventually it developed a head gasket leak because what I didn't know was that that was the first uh, car to use Subaru's EJ25D. So the EJ series engine uh, was made since I think the late 80s, early 90s. And the D model, the 25D model was the first one to use uh, the dual overhead cam. So what Subaru had to do was completely redesign the heads to to accommodate the the dual overhead cam design uh but what they didn't do was reinforce the block enough in combination with using a uh, flawed head gasket design um the the biggest issue was the head gasket design because it was a single layer steel head gasket with a uh, graphite coating but unfortunately, it would wear over time in a way that um, the cooling would kind of eat at the uh, head gasket and eventually uh, cause a leak, which usually led to the failure of a lot, a lot of Subarus. And uh, over time, they continued to use the single layer head gasket design on their dual overhead <laughs> and single overhead cars. They're like, it'll just fix itself. Yeah, it'll I be don't, fine. <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking. They, they, they came out with constant revisions. EJ, EJ 25, one, 25, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, right now they use the seventh iteration and those don't really have head gasket issues anymore because up until, uh, 2006 or 2007, um, they had changed over from the single layer to the multi-layer head gasket design, which had a much, much, much lower rate of failure. Um, and it, 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 they switched that over just, just for the four-cylinder. The six-cylinder that they started making in 2002 or 2003 had the multi-layer steel gasket design. And uh, that's why the six-cylinders have always been known for not blowing head gaskets at a rate like the four cylinders did so but alas you had a four cylinder one alas i did have and a four cylinder one how long did it last you until 
it met its inevitable demise. I believe it was like six or eight months, which it didn't. <gasps> also under a year. Oh my also gosh. Under a year. So at this point, the car that you've had the longest has been your first car that you had for a year. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So right. yeah, the the it started at overheating, and I kind of did everything in the book. I refreshed the, most of the cooling system. Um, you know, tried to slow down the development of the head gasket leak, but you know, you know, it was it was uh, inevitable at that point. And um, before it got too bad, I sold it. I sold it for really cheap. It was like a thousand, I think. Well, that's not too bad. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. So it was you a, took a so it was a car with lessons. issues, but everything else was good with it. Right. Um, and after selling that, you got your blue boy. Yes, I got the blue. Honda Civic, 1989 <laughs> Honda Civic hatchback. And it was the freaking slowest thing ever, and the AC barely worked. But it but was cute. It was, a, it was a dead reliable car. It had a bulletproof motor. It had a bulletproof transmission. <laughs> and it really did everything we needed it to. My biggest gripe, of course, with it was... Um, it was so slow. It was so slow. I remember I drove it because when you sold it eventually, like you needed me to drive it back. Yeah. And I was driving it on State Street. And mm -hmm. State Street, I think the speed limit is 45. Yeah. I was pedal to the metal. You're like, astounding. It was, yeah. yes, my foot was on the floor. Yeah. And I could not get it. And really the biggest issue was the, the automatic transmission, little four-speed mm. automatic. And it, it's a sturdy thing, but it loses a lot of power in that drivetrain because of the automatic. Yeah. If I had a manual, it would have been much quicker and easier to drive but it, it wouldn't have changed the fact that i had to you know put the floor to the ground if we we're going up pointing them out i know up a hill or and i always i always stayed all the way to the right lane the slow yep. lane because yep. i if i were going up the point of the mountain i could not get past like 70 <laughs> 80 miles an hour the only way i could be at going 80 miles an hour and pointing the mountain is downhill yeah like it truly was one of those cars where it can hit hit past the speed limit downhill <laughs> Even like on a flat ground, yeah. Even on flat ground, I'd be challenged to get it over the speed limit. So sad. But anyway, so that one lasted how long? I forget how long you had. That one also lasted um, like six or eight months or so, if and I remember. Then you sold that and one, and then what'd you get? I sold that one, and then I bought. Um, well, was it the Mercedes? It was the Mercedes. It was. Okay, I guess, yeah. Because I guess, we bought it from that guy that was really close to my, well, in no, my I, neighborhood. I think at some point I had bought, hold on, let me think. I Isn't remember. It, I, I, my, my red, okay, so I, after, sometime after I bought the Honda, or I sold the Honda, I bought the, um, a green 1998 Mercedes E320. And that kind of was the, the best car that I bought in Utah. Because, again, there was nothing wrong with it besides the catalytic converter was rattling a little bit, but that didn't, it, that didn't mess with the function of the car itself. But um, I bought that one. Super comfortable. You know, great features. Heated seats, power windows, power mirrors, uh, power locks. Uh, even I, that was the first car I had that I can unlock the doors with a remote. <laughs> and that was really nice. Um, and then, uh, but here's my probably if i need to, i needed to have my list because at some point between the outback the honda and the mercedes i bought a uh, 1985 bmw 325e you bought it while you still had your outback 
because when we were dating you had that red bmw in the in the garage yeah and that car was great while it worked which is kind of you could kind of say the same thing about every bmw because (laughs) i bought it and it was a salvage title car it was it's obviously been in an accident and if you were to go through it you're if you know if you're mechanically inclined and you went through yourself it'd be pretty obvious because there was some body work there that was done really shoddy and um the, there was some electrical wiring that w- that wasn't properly like insulated, concealed, blah blah blah, um, and I I I bought it and it had a really massive um, a vacuum leak. It, it was the seal on the uh, intake header to the head of the engine, mm-hmm. and it took me a while to figure that out. But that's how I learned how to find vacuum leaks. Nice. And once I fixed that, it ran great for all of like a few months until I had some, uh, which I, the issue that it had, I did not know and I never figured out, but I suspected that it had a a clawed catalytic converter because I believed I used the wrong spark plugs and it didn't burn enough fuel. So what happens is that it dumped fuel into the catalytic converter over time and eventually it got so red hot that it melted and clogged the cats. So, um, womp, womp, womp. I mean, I, again, I don't know what the main issue was that, but that one was, but yeah, it, um, it didn't, wasn't a good time. And that but it sat in your driveway for like ever. It sat in my driveway forever. And it became that one car that like, oh, I'm going to fix it one day. Yeah. But to be truthful, that was kind of the car that like broke me because mm-hmm. like I was so into fixing cars and so like motivated to do work on project cars and like I dumped so much money and so much time to the car all for it to just break down all the time and that's when like I was like you know fuck this I'm just, <laughs> I just need a reliable car that I could enjoy working on but not have to work on it so often mm-hmm. and I also didn't want to get uh you know jalopy and I didn't want to um have a car that had no features and that's why i ended up buying the mercedes mm-hmm. it had a really really sturdy v6 um it had all like electronics like power windows power brakes and stuff and it had a remote for the door locks blah 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 it even had a sunroof which was really nice um and yeah that was the that was a really good car and then i had that for i don't know another six to eight months <coughs> Excuse me. And then <laughs> it really came time for me to like get a truly nice, reliable car with less than a hundred thousand miles. A big boy car. <laughs> so um I believe it was like April or something like that, where I finally went to a dealership around the corner from where I worked. And this is when I worked in an apartment management company in the Riverwoods, um, who I won't name. Um, but, uh, they, or I went to this dealer and I found a 2011 Toyota Prius with, uh, less than 70,000 miles. And that was my first real big boy car. It had all the features that my Mercedes did. And it was even better because it felt like it was quicker than the Mercedes. And on top of that, it got amazing gas mileage, which did. For the time that I lived in Utah, when I met Andrea, I was consistently going back and forth between my house 
and work and her house and work. Oh my gosh, you were. And, and <laughs> I spent so much money and fuel. That with the Mercedes. With the Mer- well, with any car. But the, with the Mercedes especially. The Mercedes especially and the Outback and the Honda and whatever. And the Prius was like a revolution because I went from getting like 24, 26 miles per gallon to getting like 50 plus. And I saved, liter- I literally halved my gas bill. Yeah. I, was spe- I went from spending like 200 something a month to like 190 something. Or not like 190, but I'm saying 100 to 90 something dollars a month. Yes. Which was great. Because, yeah, so the back and forth, just for perspective, how how long would you say so it was from, from your house to my house? From my house to your house, it was about uh, 30 or 20-something miles. It was which closer to 30, to I be, think. Uh, with traffic and everything, is a uh, 40 or 30, high 30-minute 30 drive. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was quite the trip. So that was one way. And so then the other way was another like 30 miles let's say what do you mean the other way because one way like your house to my house is like 30 miles so the other way my house to your house same mileage i know that's what i'm saying was another 30 miles yeah we took so a round trip would be like 60 miles if we wanted to go back and forth because you would eventually have to go back home something like that yeah just really a lot of miles (laughs) and um yeah no that car got us through a lot it mm-hmm. took us on a lot of adventures. We took it to southern Utah. We um, eventually, when we left Utah, we literally stuffed our entire life, clothes, uh, a little bit of furniture, everything. Our one computer. Our computer. Um, our bikes. Our bikes. We threw them on the top. And we, it moved us to uh, Washington, to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. That yeah. was a really crazy trip. And it was just a little workhorse. And um, I, it, it kind of has the same uh, effect on me that the <laughs> that my old uh, white Honda Civic, my second car, has. That it just was such a good car and I never had to worry about it. And it was, did everything I ever needed it to do. And I miss it. And uh, it, especially in Seattle, in the city where, like, you know, when you drive in the city, that's when you get your worst mileage rating. And my Prius really saved me a lot of gas then, too. Um, so, yeah, I, I had the Prius. And then I had it for over a year. Yeah, you had it for the longest. It, yeah, that the Prius <clears throat> became the car that I had for the longest. And then I uh, traded it in this year, 2020, back in Mar- March. Right March. before COVID really, you know, hit. Um, and I traded that in for a, uh, 2013 Subaru BRZ. And that was the car that brought me back into the car fold, the car scene. Um, and like, I kind of got re-inspired for my car obsessive, obsess- obsessive passion. Um, and, uh, I, it, it really, yeah, it really brought me back. I was going to car meets all the time. I got back into working on cars and all that. And I, uh, and it, yeah, it really just got me back into that scene. And on top of that, um, before I bought it, I worked, I changed jobs from working at a, um, Porsche Mercedes dealership photographing their cars. And I moved to uh, actual technician work at another dealer. Um, 
and all of my buds all had really cool like street cars and uh, that was another kind of influence to you know hey i want to get a cool street car too and yeah i ended up buying the brz and it kind of brought back you know car enthusiast brandon and yeah it's really nice i mean it i i still miss my prius you know i still miss my honda um, and I really appreciate the functionality of those cars, but the BRZ is a purely a fun car. And, um, I learned that it's not, it's, it is really a fun daily driver, but it's not a fun everyday car. So wait, what? So wait, cause the daily driver is something you use every day. Yes, I know that I just, that was a really confusing way to say it, but, um, it's, Okay, it is a fine daily driver. I'm not going to say it's not a bad daily dri- daily driver slash everyday car, but but it's not the most comfortable, okay. I guess I'd have to say. Yeah, it's not the most comfortable because uh, it's a sports car and it has a really firm suspension and a really rigid body, which means that you feel everything on the road. And as fun as it might be to throw it in the corners and, you know, gun on it every day, um... It's not fun when you're just trying to have a chill drive because this car, despite its low amount of horsepower, relative low amount of horsepower to sports cars, is it just always wants to go. (laughs) And it's hard to keep yourself from making it go. So, yeah, it's a really fun car. It's not as functional as I'd like it to be. But um, I keep going back and forth between, like, do I want to trade it in for something different in a few years or do I want to keep it and... Uh, use it as kind of like a future classic investment because this is one of those cars that in like 10 or 15 years is going to be a lot worth a lot more than what people realize it's going to be it if if you're unfamiliar with the the car scene there are a few cars um, people like to call them halo cars they're uh, for example the nissan gtr or the uh, nissan s13 s15 sylvia's um, uh, the Subaru uh, WRX or WRX STI. Um, what else? Mazda RX-7s, the soap body ones, uh, FC or FDs. Um, those are all halo cars that uh, at the time they were relatively expensive, but also inexpensive. They weren't like McLaren expensive, you know, mm-hmm. but... Um, they were like an accessible luxury. They're they're an accessible high end sports car. Okay. And um, they like ten or fifteen years ago, you could pick one up for like less than ten thousand. Now, if you want to find one that's not clapped out, that isn't modified to like shit, <laughs> you're going to pay at least, at the very least, twenty grand for one of those cars. Ooh. So, yeah, my car is a little bit modified, not like excessively mechanically. It, it literally only has an exhaust and wheels, nothing that can't be, you know, easily reverted back if I wanted to sell it stock for more money. But mm-hmm. um, it's going to be one of those cars. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But otherwise, it is a really fun car. And other cars that I've looked at to trade it in for is another Subaru WRX uh or a Subaru WRX or something similar but I'm trying to keep it Subaru because um 
for the past few years, I found myself to really be a Subaru fanboy. Now I've I've owned almost as many Subarus as I have BMWs. So I've had three BMWs, um, and since we bought the Outback, we have three Subarus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now uh, going back to the BRZ. So I had you know great time with the BRZ, um, or I'm having a great time with the BRZ because I still own it. But now with this pandemic and stuff, you've been stuck at home. Yeah. And ever since things started kind of opening back up um, and you've been isolated at the house for so long, you needed an easier and safer way to get about the city and go out and do whatever you need to do. Yeah. So we ended up buying a... um, A second car. A second car for the first time. (laughs) Real grown-up milestone having a second car. Yeah. I never thought... I, okay, well, first of all, I never thought I'd buy a car, like, for me. Mm-hmm. I'd never bought a car with my own money. Yeah. So I'm, like, the exact opposite of you. I got my license, like, a year late mm-hmm. <laughs> because I failed the driver's test the I first time. I passed the first time. Every yeah. test. He passed time. the first, every test the first time. I, I literally aced it. I passed the written test the first time because that was really easy. The driver's test, I didn't pass the first time because I didn't, like, look over my shoulder enough or something Mm. i don't know i feel like the instructor i got had to be up his butt that day but so i the second time i was able to take it i had already turned 17 and so i got my license when i was 17 okay whatever never bought a car ever my parents never bought me a car i never bought a car i had the money to I had a lot of money, but instead of buying a car, I chose to go to England <laughs> with for my senior trip. And I was like, yeah, I'm just never going to buy a car. And even when I went to university, which I could have bought a car because I went to university in Salt Lake, which was about 40 minutes away from Orem. So it's like, oh, OK, that's a great, you know, excuse to buy a car. Nope. I use the front runner. I use the buses. I use the tracks like I was public transportation life Mm -hmm. like i never wanted to buy a car and i was so anti-driving because one i had at that point i had gained car anxiety Mm -hmm. so i really hated driving i hated driving in the traffic Mm -hmm. i hated driving in the snow yes because seattle's way different from utah so but even in utah like i didn't like it i didn't like driving in salt lake I hated the idea of like trying to find parking and, and driving the in snow Salt Lake isn't even that bad. And driving in the snow was absolutely like horrifying to me at that bad. point. It was very scary. Yeah. Because remember at this point, like once I started college, I like never drove again. Mm-hmm. So that was like four years of not driving regularly. Yeah. Like I drive to the grocery store, but that was like what, three minutes? Mm-hmm. So that doesn't really count. And so then when we moved here and then the pandemic happened and like going on the bus was like, you know, oh, I'm going to get the plague. And um, I mean, we do we do all of our errands further away from the city anyway. It just made more sense to finally get a car. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's my first car and I'm going to drive again. And so Brandon kind of held my hand and like got me comfortable driving again in the Outback and retaught me how to parallel park and Mm -hmm. i'm more confident now on the road but i'm still a little rusty but i don't know how do you think i'm doing i think you do pretty good yay yeah nice so now we have our outback which is a a gold i think the color is gold or wait no what's the official color name titanium whatever it's something titanium beige i forget the exact (laughs) the color code but yeah titanium something or other it is an h 
The H3 H- engine? H6. H6. 3.0 liter. Why does it have a 3? Maybe I remember wrong. It's it's it says on the grill H6 oh. 3.0. Oh, okay, okay. So, again, that's like I mentioned earlier, that's the first um Well, it's not the first six-cylinder Subaru has produced, but it's the first six-cylinder with the um the uh, four liter dual overhead cam and the multi-layer head gasket um how many liters is it it's three liters three liters so that's why it says it says h6 3.0 got it got it a six cylinder h configuration Mm. engine Mm -hmm. with the three 3.0 literage got it um and she's good she's a diamond in the rough yes very much so so we bought it and uh there were a few interesting things going on with it that i had suspect suspected was a, a, a head gasket. It turned out in the end to be just an improperly bled cooling system. Uh, bled meaning there's still air in it and it needed to be quote unquote bled out. But um, yeah, no, we I did the bunch of bleeding onto the cooling system and got a lot of the air out. It, you can still hear a little bit of air in the heater core or whatever, but um, I did a bunch of pressure tests and whatnot, and, you know, it held and uh yeah i mean it's it's a reliable car it has a few issues that we still need to work out but um it was one of those cars that uh really made me appreciate my brz because i used to think a lot like oh i'm i miss having a prius so maybe i should have gotten like a toyota rav4 or a, a, a subaru crosstrek or another outback a newer one and now every time I drive the old Outback, which char- characteristically would be like any other car that isn't my BRZ, just mm-hmm. a normal car, I realize how much fun and how nice it is to have my car. Not in a bad way, just in a, in a way that makes me appreciate both yeah. cars. Yeah. And now I, I can say that I, I love our cars equally. I'm still a little biased towards my BRZ, but I, okay, I really appreciate the outback for what it is just reliable you know functional transportation okay i guess but like something something about brandon is that he so you're it's funny because you're a really loyal guy Mm -hmm. like i think before me you only had like how many girlfriends (laughs) like four or five or something something like that not not (laughs) real i wouldn't say real like relationships like in the context of like long term i guess that's true i guess other than me you had one other like serious relationship and then you met me and we got serious and then we got married so you're a really loyal guy but with your cars you're like a playboy like you (laughs) you switch up your car so quick and then you're always like pining after what you can't have because while you have your car you're like pining after other Mm -hmm. cars well it's funny because i watch i watch car values in the car market like like somebody watching the the stock market for investments or whatever. Like I, I'm always watching like how values of cars are going up and down. And then I see like one particular car or whatever that I fancy. And I'm like, Oh wow, they're in a really good price range now. I mean, maybe I should consider like uh, trading. trading in my car for this car. But yeah, no, I, um, Okay, no, but I, beyond that, you'll like you'll have your BRZ and you'll be like, 
I miss my Prius. Yeah. My Prius was such a good car. It was yeah. so comfortable. Oh, I really regret selling my Prius. But then when you had your Prius, you were like, I don't like the Prius. It's so boring. Well, okay, I miss look, having a fun car. This is such a boring car. Okay, yes, I, I did I did say that a lot. I'm All not the gonna time. I'm not gonna deny that, but you're you're forgetting the context was that I was driving that car and everybody else was driving a really fun car in a place like Seattle that has a really active car scene. Right. And me being a car guy and like my car enthusiasm was slowly reawakening. Um yeah, I really wanted a fun car and to not drive a car that's, you know, uh, historically not seen as a fun car. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's why I bought the BRZ. But then when you had your BRZ, yes. you were like, you were like oh, I, I regret buying the BRZ. I yep. should have got a Forester or something. Oh, yeah. But- yeah, no, I'm not going to deny it. I said a lot. I said a lot of that, too. And then we bought the Outback. And now every time I think about how I want to get a different car that's not my BRZ, I drive the Outback. I know, and that kind of like and that, satisfies your that, craving. That kind of answers my question: is like, if I bought a Forester, it would be essentially this. Mm-hmm, so I need exactly. to appreciate the BRZ for what it is. Because if I sell the BRZ, then I'm just going to want another sports car. Exactly. So exactly. that's why I'm thinking like later on, I'll just get a happy medium, like a Subaru WRX, where it's still a sports car, sports sedan specifically. But it is way more functional than the BRZ because mm-hmm. it has more space. Nice. And also, if we want to have kids in the future, then that'd be a great dad car for one or two kids. <laughs> yeah, the the fun car. Yeah. And I'll have the the but, boring car. Yeah, eventually, when we do have kids, I do want to still have a fun car. Yeah, definitely. And we can have a family mm-hmm. car. We can get a, a Subaru Ascent or something like that. Nice. But yeah, so now, currently, we only have two cars. Only two. Only two for the time really being. Really bad for the environment. <laughs> Um, a 2013 Subaru BOZ and a 2003 Subaru Outback. Mm-hmm. And they're really good. They're both two of the most reliable Subarus you can get. Um, and, you know, I'm happy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right. That was a good kind of story of the, the car life of Brandon. Yeah. And that was 40 minutes. That's like a proper podcast. <laughs> it's not like too long, like H3, that's like two hours well, I mean, they have somebody. a particular, yeah. They have a particular audience, sure, yeah. but yeah. Nice. No, that's that's cool. All right. Thanks for tuning <laughs> in to the first episode of CarCast. Yay, thanks for listening, guys, to my car history story. Say I love you. I love you. I love you. Give me a kiss. <laughs>